Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Derek Scott helping uh, op and produce this one for us. Brendan Escott out at uh, Elks today. We'll tell you the guests and Oilers now receive a certificate to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. You can follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. As we bring aboard Cam Moon from the Oilers Radio Network. Cam, how you doing? Doing very well. Fired up to be here. Cam's appearances are presented by Brent Ridge Ford out of Itasca. And where cars cost less, guess where I'm going tomorrow? Are you going there? I'm switching out a vehicle. Oh. Oh, Stop in, maybe have coffee. Oh, yeah. Talk some hockey. See if we can bluff some more folks out there. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, we'll go see uh, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang out at uh, Brent Ridge Ford in Itasca. And so looking forward to it. All right. Good call. Uh, you heard uh, Louis DeBrus coming. Yeah. We, first of all, uh, we'll get to the news of the week for the Edmonton Oilers. It, it, it's a couple different uh, stories this week. Number one, um, actually, they're, they're kind of connected. One is involving Derek Ryan, and one's uh, uh, involving Noah Philp. We'll yeah. start. We'll start with Derek Ryan. Uh, two-year extension, nine hundred thousand. This is a guy that did not play a game in the NHL until the age of twenty-nine. He's now over five. He's at 500 games exactly played in his NHL career, and he's just signed a two-year extension. He's taken a $350,000 pay cut, but he got the second year in a deal at 36 after scoring 13 goals and being a plus uh, double-digit plus player this past season. Your thoughts? A very effective and I think valuable player in his ability, whether it's winning draws, being defensively responsible, chipping in offensively, which he did maybe even better than expected. I think he brings a lot to the mix and brings a lot to the mix of the dressing room. There's a there's a real maturity in, and not just his game, but the, the type of person he is. I, I know there was a little bit of backlash about the second year as far as, you know, stuff I read online, but at 900 grand that's that's something that if you if you had to in in year right. 2 yeah. you could go to the American League without any yeah. incurring any uh, exactly. cap uh, scenario so i think i think it's a i think it's a, it is a, win a pretty situation. remarkable career when oh, you think about it like unreal like you talk about grinding it out you know playing in the western hockey league in his hometown of Spokane and you know having a good WHL career but not a dynamic offensive player in the no, league no 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 just uh you know an above average player in the western league who goes on to play in uh, in U sport at the University of Alberta which a lot of players do and that's a wonderful avenue to go get your school paid for and 
What? You saw him at U of A. I would not have even put him in the top 10 players in terms of prospects to play in the NHL that I saw at the U of A. Over the last 40 years, I wouldn't have him in the top 10. But just stays with it. Like Adam Morrison? Adam Morrison, when he was at the U of A, he'd say... Yeah, I could see somebody signing a guy, which is why he got contract offers every year that he played at the U of A. You're like, scored 50 goals, could fight, had a great, sh- like a like a shot like Brett Hall, not one that yep. overpowered you, just because of the quickness of the release, yep. he could score. But he wanted to be a police officer. He did not, which is it just tells you the sure. difference between the late 1980s and today, right? Well, of, yeah. I, well, right. the dollars have changed yes. drastically. Right. But he wanted to be a cop, so he yeah. he did not want to, because he was offered, he was offered one ways. Yeah. One ways. Like, we're talking in the in, in the uh, late 80s, early 1990s. So, at, like, Derek Ryan? When Derek Ryan was a third-line center on the the last Golden Bears team I did, play-by-play for, was 07-08. Yeah. Derek was the third-line center on that team. He played behind Ian McDonald, who was a 90-point scorer yep. for Tri-City. He was third in the scoring race as a 20-year-old. Uh, he was a local product as well. Yep. And Dylan Stanley, oh, a 90-point yeah. scorer as well. Those guys were ahead of Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan centered the third line at the U of A's freshman year. Then the next three years, he was an all-Canadian caliber yep. player. That's But that shows to me... And, and you and I see it because we go to the games, and you've been covering it way longer than I have, but uh, how good U Sport is, it is, I, I think it can be developmental for, not for everybody, but for some, that after they're done in the Western Hockey League, because that's where the bulk of the players come from to play in that at that level, that you can continue to improve. Uh, between and, you and me, I think it should be developmental for a, a smart NHL franchise. Oh, yeah. Would... So here's what you do. The Oilers don't get every NCAA kid. They don't get the high-end NCAA free agents very often. Now, maybe if they're from Alberta, BC, or Ontario, they got a chance. But the American guys, they're not, for the most nope. part, historically speaking, they've not signed in Edmonton. So why do you not potentially use the advantages of what a, an Alberta or Un, uh, University of New Brunswick might provide, where you have a guy and say, you know what, why don't you go play at that school for a couple years, get stronger, uh, work on your game, work on your skating. Let's see where you are at 22, 23, because we might sign you at that point. And it is a version of a developmental model if they went down that path. Agreed. Well, look at uh, Logan Thompson in, in Vegas. Played at Brock. Played at Brock after playing with uh, Brandon Weekings. Yeah. So it's, it is it yeah. is remarkable. I, I remember, uh, Cam, during the 14-15 season, Victor Faust was on the Oilers. And it was not... It, wasn't going very good down the stretch that year, okay? Like, Dallas Akins had been uh, fired at the start of yeah. the year, like probably 25 games in the year. Todd Nelson came in. He really made it fun for the guys and took the pressure off the team a bit. Uh, but Edmonton was really light at center. And and Derek Ryan was playing for Obrero in Sweden mm-hmm. and was leading the Swedish Hockey League in scoring. And I, I said to him, I go, I go to Victor, I, I go, hey, do you, have you heard of Derek Ryan? He goes, is that the uh, the Canadian guy that's playing for a barrel? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, he's uh, apparently he's a real good player. And I go, do you think he could play in the NHL one day? And he looked at me and he said, he'd be the second line center on this team right now. Seriously, that's now. The Oilers won the lottery. They got McDavid. Yep. Dreisaitl ended up... Um, Sticking with the team in 
25th got recalled after six games. He played center. They, they had Nugent Hopkins, obviously. The Oilers had acquired Latestu in the offseason of 2015. They were a lot deeper at center than they'd been. But I just, I'll never forget. And then he, you know, here he is. He's still playing 500 games now. It's awesome. He might he might get 600 games in his NHL career. Like, he signed for two years. So it's crazy. It's a great story. To me, it's a great story. Now, full disclosure, and I mentioned this yesterday, you and me found out about the fact that Noah Phelps had elected to retire and yeah. communicated to the organization. Uh, I think the date was April 30th. So when they closed out the LA Kings after game six. We both know he went through a very challenging personal matter, uh, which is personal. And long story short, he's he's elected to to retire. The organization gave him some time to think about it, and he has made the decision. That is is, is it's a bit of a downer because he had a real good. Uh, see, I know Bruce Kerlock, who writes for Oilers Nation, watches all the games and breaks all the video down, and you could see the progressions. You watch their games online. He got way better in the face-off circle. By the end of the year, he was their first-line center, and he was a right shot at six foot three. You know, from a hockey perspective, you're you're disappointed yep. because there was a player there. We we're not sure where he's at personal wise. It's a difficult thing to even you know kind of get get wrap your head around to a certain extent. Yeah, he's. You know that it, that so you're right. From the hockey point of view, it is disappointing. After I was able to watch him in the WHL, then you and I were able to see him play with with the Bears and how he had progressed from being you know pretty good Western leaguer to be I think a, a bona fide NHL prospect with the Bears, and then you know his development. We and we watched him in in Penticton this this past season. I, he, when now you're up against. I mean, he's a little bit older than, than not everybody there, but uh, probably the majority in that tournament. But he still looked pretty good. He, and, I thought he was yeah. the second best forward there yeah. next to Dylan Holloway. I mean, Holloway was head yeah. and shoulders. Well, that's the, skating, I right? Mean, he was so he obvious. was the best forward there. But I thought I, I got to tell you, I thought Phelps was the, the second best forward there at that time. My guess is that you know if he had continued his hockey he would see nhl games probably within this season yeah you know injuries you never know what's gonna happen it's a tough it's a tough one for the one. louis debrusque was on right we've got cam moon with us you can text us at any time on the ashley five floors text line so ryan is signed not sure what's going to happen with yanmark good chance that bukestead ends up testing the market here which is not surprising he scored 17 goals he's a six foot six right shot center um costin is a restricted free agent he, you know, the guy scored double-digit goals. He fought five or six times, multiple times for his teammates. Uh, was a double-digit plus player. I don't think he. I'd like to see him play a little bit more. And 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 part of that is earning the trust yeah. of the coach, right? And we're not sure as to, you know, I, I I have a feeling after watching Vegas win this year that that are you know sometimes it's a copycat. Yes. And you look at the type of like put it this way: if Costin ends up being a free agent. I could see Vegas signing. That's the type of guy they sign because they like big guys with high shooting percentages. Um, what would you, would, if you had a price point on Costin, what's fair on a two-year deal? Well, given what he did and, and what I think he can do and what he brings to the mix and that uh, also what he brings to the room, you know, anywhere from 1.25 to 1.5, Per, I think yeah. that's in the wheelhouse of, of fair. It's a significant upgrade from what he made last year. 
It's not like his track his track record was good in the season with Edmonton, albeit some ups and downs. Not like it was a consistent game in, game out. You knew exactly what you were getting. There was a little bit up and down. And there wasn't a whole lot prior to his time at Edmonton where he's really established himself as an NHLer. So I don't know that you're going to break the bank on it is what I'm saying. So I think you know 1.2 to 1.5 for a couple years I think is fair. All right, I'm going to go to some texts, and we're going to start with West Side Shane on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It says, Bob, I have to ask about the Oilers' front office. I understand having too many cooks in the kitchen, but why do the Edmonton Oilers have the smallest front offices, one of the smallest front offices in the league? For the love of God, we have the second, two of the best players in the league. We don't even have a full-time OHL scout. I'm sorry, Bob. This is a huge mistake, and it could hurt the Oilers in the long run uh, from West Side Shane. So, uh, the Oilers had a scout uh, named Andrew Shaw who um, when Tyler Wright took over as director of amateur scouting so Andrew Shaw was basically brought in by Keith Kretzky and when Tyler came aboard um, the decision was made not to renew Andrew Shaw Andrew subsequently unfortunately passed away Uh, I think he was in his late 50s at the time Uh, the pandemic hit the OHL did not play for a season um, which is not an excuse the Dallas Stars found Wyatt Johnson that year in the draft. The Oilers drafted Xavier Borgo, one pick before Wyatt Johnson went. And uh, end result, and I got now I'm going to have to look up to see if I'm pretty sure Wyatt Johnson played on Canada's U18 team that won that year in Dallas. Um, but anyhow, the Oilers, uh, Ken Holland said at the end of the year press conference with the media that they've not had a full-time scout. Now they do have Warren Reichel. In Ontario, who is, uh, I'm not sure if, uh, what percentage of pro versus amateur he does. My guess is he does the majority of pro. Uh, the orders have some scouts that cross over, but the reality of the situation is they haven't had a full-time OHL scout. They've got several guys based out west here. Um, Bob Green is out west. Jim Crossan is out west. Mitch Holmberg is out west. And at the end of the day, it's a completely fair question. Uh, and... Uh, perhaps right to put the query out as to shouldn't you have a full-time scout in OHL? Absolutely should have a full-time scout in the OHL. I would assume it would get it. The other thing is Steve Stales came aboard to the organization as well, and he had a pretty good pulse on the OHL as well. Exactly. He would have been, I'm sure he would have been consulted a lot about OHL prospects. Yes. Now, that said, I expect the orders at some point yeah. here to, to hire an OHL, but it is a completely fair question, and I'm, I'm just giving you the chronological order yeah. that Andrew Shaw was there. Um, his contract didn't get renewed. The pandemic hit. The OHL did not play for a league, which is not an excuse not to find players out of their league. Uh, Dallas found Wyatt Johnson. That was a good pick, and Borgo's got something to prove here carrying forward. It's 1248 in Edmonton. We're going to step out. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Cam Moon with you. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. getting my ears mixed up on the U21 which year it was uh, down in Texas. Was that Dave Barr coached that team? Was that 2020 or was that 2021? I'm trying to remember now. Is that a bad thing that I'm starting to forget this stuff? I think it was 21. Weren't we doing the games in the empty rink when that happened? In, in 1920? Well, it would have been twenty early 21, so the 2021 season. Yeah, no, no, no. I think 
Can you look up um, U, U18 champ? U, how many U18s did you? By the way, Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon with you. It's twelve fifty at Edmonton. You went to a couple different U18s, at least one. Well, I went to one. Yeah, in uh, that was twenty twelve in uh, in Czech Republic in okay. Bernal and. Uh, Darnell Nurse was on that team. All right. Uh, here's what we'll do. We'll tell you all season long, Direct Workwear brings you uh, the Orders Now Audio Vault, and they also bring you Women's Workwear, Women's Only Workwear store opening soon, just four doors down from Direct Workwear on Gateway Boulevard. Check them out at womensworkwear.ca. For some reason, I thought the year uh, Dallas or the Dallas area hosted the U18s was in 2020, and Dave Barr was coaching that team. Dave Barr is an Edmonton area guy who's represented by... Uh, Doug Bodner, a local lawyer that uh, I've known for... Uh, you met Doug Bodner. Yes. Uh, Mooner, uh, at uh, Pub 1905. Uh, oh. When we had the... Uh, the uh, uh, right. Armchair Hockey League wrap-up uh, yeah. with uh, some real creative geniuses that are in that pool. <laughs> I was there last night, actually. Were you? It was lovely. Yeah. Oh, okay. There Wonderful. you go. Did you go to a baseball game last night, too? Uh, well, I went. Uh, the They had the 11 a.m. game. Oh. They had over, so you, you, over 6,000 kids at the game. It was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, were you able to look up uh, which year were they oh, were in? No. Uh, 2021 was, uh, yeah, it was Frisco and... Is it Plano? United Plano? States? Yeah, Plano. That's so that was in 2021. Yeah. Right. April to May in 21. All right. So, geez, were we... Well, no, we were We were doing... We were still doing games then, right? Yeah, we were doing was, games just in an empty rink. Or in an empty oh, broadcast right. suite here at 630 Chat. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So, anyhow, Wyatt Johnson ended up... We, we had a question about Oiter scouting and Wyatt Johnson... Dallas found him at 20, uh, whatever, one pick after the Oilers took Xavier Borgo. This is going to be a big offseason for Xavier because we were just talking a bit about Noah Philp. Now, Noah's older, but he yep. was the best of the rookies that the Oilers had down in Bakersfield, and they're going to look for some more, uh, you know, a couple guys to take a step forward, including Xavier Borgo and Carter Savoy. I mean, those are prospects. Oilers, those guys can score. They need some support scoring in the future as well. Uh, after watching the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, yes. if you could pinpoint one thing that the Edmonton Oilers need to do better as an organizer, and, and I, I don't know if you did, you read uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman's piece? Yeah. Okay. Ken Holland clearly pinpointed it. Did you agree with what he said? Got to defend better? Yeah. Didn't necessarily yeah. say we needed to change, have massive changes to the burst now. Just said that they need to defend better. What are your thoughts on that if, as a former goalie? If you would have, uh, like, not even prefaced it with what uh, Ken had said in The Athletic, and if I, even, if I hadn't even read the article, I would have said the exact same thing, that it, to defend better. And that's goalie on out, like everybody, yeah. as a team. Just that needs to go up because again, it's wafer thin, and Edmonton was right there. And if that's a little bit better, maybe they win in six instead of losing six. Yeah. Yeah. If ends and buts. Were, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, unfortunately, that's the reality. And you know yep. what? Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are an organization under George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon. They're going to win some in the margins. Oh yeah. Because. Certainly, they both have a track record in history. But I mean, they've gone to four conference finals in six years since being in the league. They've now gone That's to two Stanley Cup yeah. finals, won one and I mean, it's not by accident, right? They know what yeah. they're doing. And I think if you take a look at the betting odds that have uh, come out over the last twenty-four hours, Colorado's basically in the one hole. 
and it's either the Oilers and the Leafs in the two-hole in the majority of the gambling sites out there for who's the Stanley Cup favorite next year. Vegas is like fifth or sixth. I'm like, why is Vegas so low? They just won the Cup. They're going to have a lot of the same team back. I know it's difficult to repeat, but, yeah, uh, yeah the Oilers, uh, I think we'll see... I can't envision Jack Campbell having a tougher year next year. I mean, I think he'll 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 be better. I think Stuart Skinner will be better. I was talking to one of the Hall of Famers this morning, and Fran, a different one yesterday, and they both said the same thing, that, hey, man, Grant Fuhrer, you know, back in 1982, it didn't, and, uh, and no one's comparing Stuart Skinner at 24 to Grant Fuhrer at, uh, I guess he would have been 20 at the time. But the reality of the situation is even Hall of Famers can have Tough, uh, tough years or tough playoffs, and I can prove that point, Cam. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm going to read to you All right. a stupid stoffer stat. Um, <laughs> it was sent to me this morning okay. uh, in terms of goals saved above expectation. Sergey Bobrovsky ended up with uh, plus 16.3, so he basically gave up. Uh, this is in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Okay. A normal okay. goaltender would have given up 16 more goals. All right. Right? But he that's how well he played. So his goals saved above expectation, uh, above expectation were 16.3. Uh, Jack Campbell, by the way, uh, ended up, he was decent at 3.5. Yeah. So and think of the game four in L.A. that the Oilers yes. found a way to come back. And when they were down 3 nothing after one and everybody was kind of writing Edmonton off. Um, Stuart Skinner. Well, we, we, we know he had a, a bit of a tough go, right? It, he ended up minus 6.2, yeah. so he gave up six more goals than people, you know, normal goaltender would, would, would give up. Here's the catch. Two guys that have won Vesna trophies. So Skinner finished 26 out of the 28 goaltenders that played in the playoffs. Guess who finished 28th? Who's that? Jake Ottinger with the Dallas Stars. Okay. That guy is seen as yeah. one of the top five young goalies in the world. If you okay. had told me that going into the playoffs right. that it would turn out that way, I'd have been stunned. So, so Hellebuck, yes, was twenty third at minus two point nine. Vasilevsky was twenty fourth at minus three point one. Those guys have both won Vesna trophies. Um, Hellebuck twenty third, Skinner twenty sixth, Ottinger twenty eighth. What do those three goalies have in common? Who do they? Which team do they play? Vegas. Yeah, tells you something about what Vegas did. Yeah, they were they, good. They were good. They they deserved it. At Edmonton's the right there, but they deserved it. Vegas was the best. Butters going to have to defend a little bit better. Again, you can text us at any time on the eight. Uh, Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, just as an FYI, the Oilers have the two best players in the league, not just one. Uh, D issues were decent part coaching and top pairing mistakes. Who are you calling top pairing? Uh, Bob, man on man isn't the correct defense in all situations. Got to mix it up. Plus, need a big uh, two-way right wing. That one comes to us from bartender L. Well, there might be a bigger right wing um, that's on the team to start the year. That's Raphael Lavoie. And we're going to watch what happens with Connor Yamamoto. Ken Hollow did not discount the possibility that we may see a player bought out. Yamamoto would be a one-three, one-third buyout. He could potentially be traded as well, or the Oilers could decide to keep him. And another name I'm going to mention to you, and he's bigger than Yamamoto. He's not huge, but it's Connor Brown coming off an injury who's had success playing with Connor McDavid and is represented by uh, one of the top agents in the business, Jeff Jackson. So there you have it. It is 12.58 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon with you.
should tell you. All season long, it's the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, I saw them at the Elks game on uh, Sunday. It was great seeing them. We we had Evander there and Sicily there and uh, cast of thousands. Willie Pless swung by. The commissioner came in. It was a, it was a, Oof. yeah, it was a fun afternoon. You were in the high rent district. Yeah, I was. Yeah. We were, we were sort of sitting there like, yeah. oh, Hudson had a good time. Oh, like, I, I bet he, he did. He, uh, Craig Ellis was there. So, uh, Hudson's become a, f- a fan of Craig's oh, over good, the last good. couple of years. So pretty good slot back from back in the day. Anyways, it's this simple with James H. Brown, uh, 250 plus years of experience. They yield the best results. They're the best at what they do. That is James H. Brown. Enjoy lawyers off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kelburn and back f- with the athletics Marat Tesh on Oilers Now.